And he's like, guys, we got one more missile. And then he flies right up into the Star Destroyer and he's like, Vader, I'm back! And flies right up into the Star Destroyer and blows up. No, that's Independence Day. Yeah, that is that. that right. is, okay, I'm mixing it up. Fanboy with Harley Morenstein is a CastBox original produced in partnership with Studio 71. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to Fanboy with Harley Morenstein wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. I think it's the best. Today's episode's about games that have touched you. Not like that, you silly, goofy, pervert weirdo. I meant games that have touched you on an emotional level. Now listen, games get me fired up, boy. I get excited about games. Games get me hyped. Like I'll stand in line. I sound like an obnoxious idiot right now. I'll stand in line at midnight waiting for a brand new game. Um, games take my, my time and I love them. But on a few occasions, games have really touched me on an emotional level and struck a real emotional chord. It's not often, but it has happened. And uh, today's episode is all about the games that make daddy sad, that bring a tear to dad's eyes. And not the whole game, not just like playing like Holocaust, the game, I don't think that exists. But I meant like a sad game where like sad moments happen or in my case, something that is an homage to all the time and hours spent with a particular game. So for today's episode of Fanboy Podcast, I am in a comp. Uh, what? I am. Uh, I'm a company. I'm an. I. What the hell's? Ha- who put this penis in my mouth? I am accompanied by Amir Atari, aka Chef Walik Walikesh, aka yes, Chef Atari on Instagram. What's up, Amir? How you doing, bro? Fantastic. Always another pleasure. And always a pleasure to be on the Fanboy Podcast. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. You know, normally when I tell people the like, I'll send them an email being like, "Yo, you're gonna be on. We're talking about Star Wars games, boy." And I'll give them a heads up because they got to go. Amir, I like grab Amir. I'm like, yo, we're going to podcast. He's like, cool, what is it? I'm like, games that uh, make you cry. But since Amir never, ever sheds tears ever unless he's tripping on mushrooms, uh, he he doesn't cry. But he has he has emotions. Or like kind of like Data from Star Trek would look at something and be like, yes, I could see how a logical human being would be emotionally affected by this occurrence in this video game. Very true. Um, but that being said, Amir... Just right off the bat, do you have a game in mind or anything that you could think of right now that has touched you? I got I got a bunch myself, and I'm sure when I say some of them, you'll be like, ah, yes, of course. But do you have anything yourself that you could think of? I'll keep the one that's dear and true to me for, for last, but uh, not that I felt emotionally or it made me cry, but I will say I was kind of really bummed at the end of Shadows of the Empire on Nintendo 64 that Dash Rendar dies. Hold on, hold up, hold up. Like he, he. So real quick, I want to say to everyone, guys, by the way, spoiler alert for a couple games here. We're nothing, none of these games oh. are brand new. None of these games are brand new. Don't worry, Amir, that's not a, a spoiler. This game's been out for 30 years. But I'm not wrong. I do, I do no, I'm remember that. I'm surprised that you passed IG-88 or Boba Fett and then Boba Fett's ship, the Slave the 1. Not that an easy an game. Hard. Yeah, how'd you do that? Did you just play it nonstop? Game Shark. Don't lie to me, Game no, Shark. No, no, Game Shark wasn't me, but actually one of my friends had like a Nintendo 64 before me, so he had like all the knowledge and all the... Okay. He well, knew so what the just difficulty... So you, just so you guys know, Game Shark is equivalent to Game Genie. And just so you guys know, Game Genie is uh, a, 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 basically a cartridge modding game software. 
because uh, back in the day, like you didn't really have cheats. Uh, like some games had cheats that the developers put it in, but if they didn't, you would use something called Game Genie or Game Shark that came with like fifty digit codes that you would put in that were like literally like ten lines of, of of just code, and you would just keep putting it in and putting it in. And when you did that, it would flip switches in the games, like you know, like actually in the game, like make your character invisible to the enemies and yep. stuff like that. But uh, regardless, Dash Rendar dies at the end. Yeah. Good. I I think he sacrifices himself and for I've, who? Baby Luke Skywalker. For the good guys. Fuck. That's... Like I think you're having a huge space battle at the end, and when my friend beat it, and we saw him, like, so you die? Oh, I know how this is. It's because there's a star destroyer, and he goes to shoot his X-wing torpedo at it, and it doesn't launch. So he takes off his ass mask, and he's like, guys, we got one more missile. And then he flies right up into the Star Destroyer and he's like, Vader, I'm back! And flies right up into the Star Destroyer and blows up. No, that's Independence Day. Yeah, that is that. that is, okay, I'm mixing it up. You got another one? Because that's a good one. Uh, and that is that is sad. It, it but you know sad. what? It, Not that sad for me. No. I don't have an attachment to that. I was just friend. bummed. He's like just a, a bunch of polygons, that goofball. Uh, on Super Nintendo, Super Metroid... When Samus is getting destroyed, like you get, you're pretty much about to die. And then the Metroid, I don't know its name, but the Metroid comes and gives you the energy yeah. and you come back. I was like, oh, because that that's something you're, you're trying to kill this thing the whole time. And then it comes and saves you. And I was just like, as a kid, I'm like, I don't even know how old I was, but I was just like, that's, that's a big deal to me. That was a big, big deal to me that... That happened, and it's like tears of joy happened. There. That is so hype. I actually, I'm gonna have to go and check that out because I, I wasn't, I can't say I was really familiar with that. Um, I, I don't remember that occurring, but I remember you telling me about this. I remember you telling me about that Metroid moment. I'm gonna have to go and, and, and Google it because I want to experience that because that is cool because you're hunting the Metroids through, and this is Super Metroid? Super Metroid. So there's been Metroid and Metroid 2, right? Yeah. And Metroid 3, maybe? Even? That is, Super Metroid is technically. Oh, Metroid 3. Okay, yeah. so it's two games of trying to kill this thing, and then he comes and saves you. Yeah, you get, and then you get this super duper blast cannon that just destroys the enemy, and then you have to escape the planet, but. That that was uh, pretty emotionally charged because like I thought I was dead. I'm like, what am I gonna do now? I'm on Samus is on her knees. What's happening? Hey, hey, hey. Oh, I didn't mean like like you're, you're dead though. You're 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 hurt. You're you're, and then this thing comes and I'm like, what? And then Samus is on her knees and this thing comes. What kind of game is this? It's uh, pretty crazy. There's also a little yeah. trick where you can use a smart bomb and then you can see Samus like recharge and like you. Could possibly kind of sort of imagine the silhouette of her female image. Amir, you son of a gun. Hey. Um, do you have any more? These are good ones. I didn't expect any of these, to be honest with you. Uh, Uncharted 2. When Uncharted 2, which is possibly one of the best. I'm, I'm looking back at, by the way, side note, looking back, sorry to interrupt, I'm looking back at all the Uncharted games while preparing for like some of these podcasts. Uncharted 2 was amazing. That's, That's the best one, right? Looking back, I mean, it's not visually the best, and they have some other mechanics they introduce, but that one is so... Uncharted 2, by the way, guys, if you've never played the Uncharted series, or if you have a PlayStation, or if you just got a PlayStation 4, or you made the jump to the Sony side, check out the Uncharted series. It's so crazy. Yeah. That, so incredible. Like, Uncharted 2 was the aliens 
of Uncharted, of Uncharted, or even the video game Damn, franchise. You're saying a thief's end is resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was the end where Drake's girl, I, Fisher, Elisa, Elena, 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 is like dead, and then he brings her back to life, and it's just like. They, the, the love they had for each other. And she's like, yo, you thought I was dead. Are you crying? And he's like, no, no, no. There's other tears. Yeah. And then she's like, you were actually really scared. It's like, no, no, no. Clowns scare me more. And I was just yeah. like, yeah. but it was really sad. Like, that she, uh, she's dead. And then he brings her back to life. Like, that, like, he did whatever he could to bring her back to life. And I believe in this one, they're married in part two. Like, if they're not married, they're married in the next one for like, sure. Like, time has progressed. So, like, just like that. Like, you, you never, I never got that, like, bond between some other characters but like they really were into each other and he did whatever he could he fucking did everything he could to bring her back like he wasn't gonna quit and he did it and that i i swear that one i i'm pretty confident when i beat that i was like uncharted uncharted is kind of like a tomb raider style game it's kind of like indiana jones as well it's very cinematic it feels like a movie it feels like a book it's really excellent and you you meet this girl in the first uncharted and what Amir is saying to games that have emotionally touched me, the beginning of Uncharted 4, you're married to her fully and you're walking around the house looking at all these artifacts that you've collected over the previous game. So when I was saying before, not all games make me sad, some they touch me on an emotional level when I think back of the memories I've had. Uncharted 4, going and looking at all the artifacts from Uncharted 1, 2, and 3 while like preparing dinner for your wife who's been there since the first game, is something in itself that definitely affected me in a big way. Um, I gotta say, on on the on the level of prologues, like that Uncharted Four one, Last of Us, and this isn't a spoiler really, because it's the prologue at the very beginning of the game. It's you, your brother, and your daughter, and uh, the attack happens, and uh, eventually, essentially, after you know the first twenty minutes of the game, your daughter gets killed. Yeah. And it, it sets the tone for the rest of the game, and it, it, it even ties into the ending of the game, which is a phenomenal ending. And uh, so you have your daughter, yourself, your brother, you guys are running. You even make the escape. Everything went well. And then a stray bullet had hit your daughter. And it's just so... I don't have a kid, but like my buddy who was like a new father had said that he had played the game like after being a new father and was just like, oh, I'll just play some zombie game, take my mind off things. And he was like, oh my God. Wow. And it is, it's really, it starts off and you know, I remember wanting Andy to watch me play Last of Us. So I got a hooker. So I, I know, I got a hooker. <laughs> I have to hook her. <laughs> Not I got a hooker for me and Andy. Um, I had to hook her. I uh, got, uh, I made her watch the prologue and play through mm. it with me. And she was instantly like, oh my God. Which, side note, it's really crazy, and games don't ever do this, but after that prologue in Last of Us, it goes 20 years later, and you're just like, oh, damn. Time. Damn. Um, That was a big one, the Last of Us prologue. How did you feel about uh, Gears of War, by the way, ladies and gentlemen? How did you feel about that one, Amir? Yes, I was... But I, you Tell just, everyone about the Gears just, of War one. Man, Dom, Marcus Phoenix, Cog Soldiers. The it, Resonator. I've been through a lot of... Thank you for reminding me. Yes, that was one. Uh, I believe it's Gears of War 2. They're looking for Dom's wife. Yeah, Gears of War 2, I think, opens up way more. And... Uh, and that's the one where you find as well. Gears of War 2 comes with the picture I, of Dom and his wife, right? I was actually in shock 
when I saw what they did. Like, I, it turned full horror specter. Like, I was like, Jesus, what? I was like, the whole time, like, oh, we're going to save her. We say, and then you see her, and I'm just like, oh my God. And like, yeah, that it, was it's, just it's, like. Basically, you're uh, it's it's a two it's a one player game, but you could play two players. The second player plays Dom. He's the main character's like best bud, Dom, and uh, you have Gears of War one, and you hear about Maria and Maria Santiago. It's his wife, and it's all about Maria. And then in Gears two, I believe it is, it opens up a bit, and you're with Dom to look for and find Maria, and you end up finding Maria, who's basically a corpse. And she's still alive a bit, right? She talks. Yeah, it just like like what did these locusts do to her? It just like yeah. sh- it horrified. And me. he's there with her, and she's like he's there for her last moments, like he's holding her, and she's basically a corpse. And it's sad, but what's really sad is it leads into the Gears of War three, I believe. Dom, spoiler alert, sacrificing himself because you know it's just he's he wants to be with her anyway, so it it kind of brings it all full circle. But Gears of War 2, Dom Santiago, that, Maria Santiago. That shit fucked me up. And what I found was such a funny, like, like back in the days of pay $10 more for your game and get some bullshit. If you pay $10 more for Gears of War, you got a picture of Maria and Dom, like a Polaroid picture. Not that that's why you did it, though. Everyone did it because they wanted the Golden Lancer. Yeah, it's like some. Do you remember running around to Blockbuster and stuff, being like, I need a Golden Lancer. Do you have the codes, the codes? And they're like, what are you talking about? Big like, deal. Give me the fucking codes. The Resonator. Yeah, the, uh, if, you, if you filled out a code, you got a Gold Lancer, a Gold Hammer Burst. And when you go online, like you're playing with all your buddies. Well, I was back in the day. We all had headsets. And it was like, you'd go on the bed, look at this guy with his shit Lancer. It's not even gold. Wow. Wow, bro. Get gold. Five bucks. Before it was get good, it was get gold, bro. Get gold. Yeah, very. That game, that game. And surprisingly, because you wouldn't expect Gears of War to come at you on an emotional level. True. Even though, you know what brings to mind? That first Gears of War commercial, even. Mad World. True. That was really well done. Like that pretty much, I guess, set the the bar. Yeah, I'm sure everyone has seen this commercial. If you haven't seen this commercial, I'm going to recommend that you go and check out the Gears of War Mad World commercial. Even if you have seen it, I'm going to recommend that you go and check it out again. Uh, it just doesn't doesn't get old. It ages very nicely, that one. And then you can go check out the Gears 2 commercial. It's a good one, too. Yeah, where like they're dropping that. underground. Yeah, yeah, Amir yeah. likes that one. Yeah, those are uh, those are big moments for me, definitely. And I, I have I saved my biggest moments uh, for the second half of the podcast. But I just want to take a moment here and uh, give a little read. Thank you all for listening to Fanboy with me, Harley Morstein, a Castbox original produced alongside Studio Seventy One. If you could take a moment to rate and review the episode, that would really help introduce the show to even more listeners. And also, I would like to say, check me out at FB dot gg slash harley mornstein i stream video games often i do it on facebook and i know you're like but twitch but youtube gaming i love them both i do i've done it for years facebook has allowed me to use a bit rate far greater than the other sites have in the past i'm sure they've increased but since then it is like 4k or 1080 streaming 60 frames it looks beautiful the stream is crispy as hell if you ever come in say that you came from the fanboy podcast and you'll absolutely get a shout out. You can clip that shit, you know, post it on your wall, whatever. Follow your heart. FB.gg slash Harley Mornstein. Uh, check it out. And also, Chef Atari on Instagram. That's Amir. If you guys don't know, uh, go give him a follow. 
He uh, he posts consistently, and you want to you want to be following Amir when he posts his drunken Instagram uh -oh. stories late at night. All good, right, good adventures. Back to the show. Uh huh. Um, now, obviously, a game like Metal Gear Solid would be rife with emotional moments, and I have Plenty. a lot. So right from the beginning, Metal Gear Solid One, I was just learning who he was. So I didn't have any emotional anything. But when I went and rewatched the cutscenes, the Twin Snakes versions, there was like five moments where I was like, oh my God. One being the gray fox sacrifice at the end. Yeah. What does he say? He says something. There's a it's, line. It's like, uh, corner jack, you never corner a jackal. He's like, when you corner a jackal, it cowers in fear. Something like that. And I'm messing like, it up. But he's like, but when you corner a fox... It turns on something like you can I don't recorder a fox. It, yeah, I, I do forget, but yes, he, he literally it's 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 your best friend from the previous games, which I never played, and he has been turned into like a mutant cyborg ninja, and he gets stepped on by a gigantic robot and smeared even, right? He steps on it and smears it, smashes him up against the wall. But there's a quick moment there, and that that only touched me later because of all the time I put in the game. But you meet this guy named Otacon. And Otacon is a regular guy. And he has a little sister. Uh, Emma, Emma, right? That's Emma is his little sister. And she's a big part of his life. It's all about Emma with him. And you know, you're really close to him. And in Metal Gear 2, in a crazy turn of events, you don't play as Snake. You play as this guy named Raiden. But Snake is in the game. As this guy named Iroquois Pliskin. But it is Snake. And the reason why Hideo did this is because he wanted you to really see Snake from a third-person perspective and be amazed and impressed by him as a hero. Like, he's so awesome. He's there every step of the way, maybe even one step ahead of you. But there's a point where you come to him and Otacon. And Otacon's sister is dead, right? Yeah. And Otacon has this moment, and Amir showed me this not too long ago. Otacon has this moment where he's thinking about his daughter, and he's like, Emma, no. <laughs> and he's crying, and Snake's like, hey, keep your head up. And then Otacon's this nerdy dude, and Snake is like the super soldier of the century. And he's like, keep your head up. And Otacon looks at him, and he's like, you're my bro. And, and Otacon looks at him, and they do this, and you got to look it up. They do this handshake. It's a big deal. It was with me. stuck with me till this day. Yeah, Amir was like, you ever, do you remember the snake and Otacon handshake? And I'm like, no. He's like, dude, you have to pull it up. And I looked at him like, oh my God, I watched it like 10 times. I'm like, it's got like so much emotion and they're just like polygons yeah. pretty much. <laughs> but it's so beautiful. It's like he's there and he's like, hey, keep your head up or whatever. And they like slap hands and flip and touch elbows and pat the back of their hands and do this full on like cool ass gangster handshake and you're just like I, I know as a kid I was like what is happening this is weird but as an adult it's like damn Hideo you sly dog it was so, sick you got to check out that handshake guys that handshake re-watching it is just like oh my heart it's I like, love it the, 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 it's just such buddies just such friendship. friendship you know it's like I'm looking I'm like damn man that's me and Amir I'm Snake for sure he's Otacon <laughs> <laughs> I'm down with that <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that moment was great. Then there's obviously, you could just go into Metal Gear so much. Metal Gear Solid 3, spoilers. You play the game as this guy, Naked Snake. And you have this whole mission, and your, your leader 
is someone named The Boss. This girl, she was the super soldier of the century. Yeah. And your mission is to kill her because she's gone rogue. And you do all this shit to get to her and you eventually get to her. And that's when you find out that she didn't go rogue. She's nope. doing, she's actually the good guy. Doing everything. And it's like, yeah, she was following her mission. Yeah. And, and she's like, you have to kill me. In order for this all to work. And the sacrifice the and sacrifice. the lessons yeah. that she was trying to embed into Naked Snake was just so deep. It's like... You, you're a soldier. Soldiers have to follow orders, but mercenaries fight for what they believe in. And then it's just all that, like... Yeah. And, and she's there, and you're there, and you're in, like, this, like, field of, like, willows or, like, cherry blossoms. Some sort of, you know, there's just... You're in this huge field, and it's, like, all white and beautiful, and it's so crazy. And you have this, like, CQC fight with the girl that taught you everything. And she's the boss. And you know your character's name is Big Boss later in the games. But you don't know how she's the boss and you're Naked Snake. You don't know how it gets there until you beat her and you receive the moniker of Big Boss. And you're just like, damn. And it ties into the older games in a weird way because Big Boss is the bad guy. But maybe he isn't the bad guy because now you're getting this new perspective like the boss wasn't the bad guy. We're all just, we're all just pawns in war. Yeah, it was war just, never changes. It was a beautiful scene, and like the whole death was just like glorious. Yeah, on the battlefield, oh, it's just that was that one. I cried for sure. One hundred percent, tears were coming out of my eyeballs for that one. Yeah, and so when you take Metal Gear One, Metal Gear Two, Metal Gear Three, if you take all of them, this is from like nineteen ninety eight to like two thousand and two, maybe like four years, you know, which is at the time is like. 30% of my life has been spent playing Metal Gear games Shit. and dedicated to Metal Gear games. And that's when you get Metal Gear Solid 4, which you put on and it starts to install the game. And now Snake is a smoker. He smokes. And they've always, you know, joked about it in the games and they've always had elements like you smoke the cigarette and blow the smoke to see lasers. Even, I'm talking about old games. It was really impressive. Like PlayStation did that. But... You're loading the game and it's just Snake smoking a cigarette. And then when finally the loading is done, the 100%, which is an install on PS3, like literally like it's like 35 minutes. Snake looks at you and he goes, kept you waiting, huh? And what's interesting about that quote is that it's just like, it's something that's been used in the past. They say Snake is late. So his line of kept you waiting, huh, is something that's carried over. So you're like, ah, oh, that's so crazy. And then Metal Gear 4, spoiler alert, ends with Solid Snake fighting Liquid Snake on top of a Metal Gear. So for me, that was the first game I played of the Metal Gear series, which ends with Snake and Liquid fighting on top of a Metal Gear. What they did was they brought the old music back and they changed the life bars to look like the old life bars from the old game. And you're there like two, and, and, and I gotta say the main character, you're old. You're called Old Snake now and you're very old, and Liquid is very old, and you're having this fist fight, like two old men, and it's playing the music, and then it changes to Metal Gear 2 music, and Metal Gear 3, and if you've ever been dedicated to these games, you're like, oh my god, it's taken me through it. Oh, it's gut-wrenching. It really is. I mean, 
if you go check it out, it might not hit the same way because you got to like, you know, you got to play through the games and have an attachment and recognize the musical cues. But if, if you have done this and you have experienced this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, side note, in Metal Gear Solid 5, which came out years later, when you press start, Snake lifts up his night vision goggles once again. He goes, kept you waiting, huh? Oh, that's sly fucks. Yeah. And also, I love in Metal Gear 5, when you pick up Hideo, one of the missions is to rescue the creator of the game. Yes. And he's like, Snake, what took you so long? Ah, <laughs> Hideo. Yeah, that game has tons of uh, moments like that. Also, I think one that rings a bell is another Hideo Kojima game is Zone of Enders. And I do remember that the it's like a mech game and you the human bonds with mech and... This really super duper overpowered mech bonds with a little kid. Jehuti? Yeah. And I believe, I do remember, Jehuti sacrifices himself for you. So that, I, I, as I remember, I didn't really fall in love with that game, but I was forced to play it because it was a Hideo Kojima game. Because you bought the game because the game came with a demo for Metal Gear. Metal Gear too. That, that too. But I did play through it all. And I do remember, I think it, it had like really sad emotional music. And I feel confident that Jehuti did sacrifice himself at the end. Something emotional happened there. I don't remember clearly all of it, but I think it was he sacrificed himself. And you're just like, no! And it, it happened. Jehuti! Jehuti! Remember, I was like, yo, you did it. You got me. You got me on that Jay one. So Zone of Enders has a no! very emotional moment. Um, I had uh, a quite the emotional moment that I didn't expect, and it came in, spoiler alert, Red Dead Redemption. There's a mission at the end where you play as this guy, John Marston, the entire time, and then you walk out, and there's just like a cavalry of dudes. Did you ever play through Red Dead? I do vaguely remember. So you play that. as John Marston the entire time? And you're with them, obviously, for like 30 hours. And then at the end of the game, this band of uh, like cavalry comes. And it's a, a gunfight you cannot win. And no matter what you do, they will kill you. And they do kill you and you die. And it's sad. And then the game pulls out and you realize now you're playing Jack Marston for the epilogue of the game. And it's interesting because John Marston, like, you know, you played with him the entire time. And they kill off the main character. Now you're playing as his son. Just for the ending, it's like a real interesting move, you know, not not a, a move that's ever really, that I, I could think of being done before, but it's just, you don't expect that from like a Grand Theft Auto style game, you know, cowboy style game at all on any level, but they sure as hell did it, and that, uh, that sure as hell had a moment with me. And I want to point one out, I know, Amir, you didn't get caught up in it, but you played a little Mass Effect, right? Yes, yes. So Mass Effect has, uh, the first bad guys are called the Geth. They're AI, synthetic. So fuck them, right? They're just robots. Who cares? And the people that created the Geth are these people called the Quarians, which, you know, they are practically dependent on robotics. They, they need robotics to survive and everything. So they're dependent on robotics. They created the, the Geth, and then the Geth turned on them. And the Geth kind of, quote-unquote, became sentient. Yeah, right, as much as that could happen. Hmm. But then in Mass Effect 2, you come across a Geth, but before you kill him, you realize he's wearing your N7 armor. And you're like, what? And this is where this Geth tells you, I'm my own. I am my own person. I'm not like the Borg. I'm not like the Geth. I'm myself. Like, I think on my own. I'm not just like a flood. I am an individual and I respect you and I have loyalty to you. 
And you're like, damn, these robots are people. So what I did was I would play missions and I would take the Geth and I would take the Quarian. Both of them are on my team and I'd kind of like force them to play nicely. But the Geth people and the Quarian people are nemeses. Now in only like 0.1% of people's playthroughs of decisions, because the reason why is this game carries over from Mass Effect 1 to 2 to 3, is you have to save Rex in Mass Effect 1, which is very rare. You have to do these certain missions in Mass Effect 1, which are very rare, and then these choices. And then in Mass Effect 2, do these loyalty missions. And then in Mass Effect 3, only on the rarest of circumstances, when you are given the choice between choosing the Geth or the Quarians, you could choose both hmm. and save them both. And it's a really rare percentage. However, I do have a lazy version of the game where I would just play through slapping reporters and being a badass. And on that one, when it was like the Geth or the Quarian, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure I was like, oh, I'll just choose the Quarians to live. Hmm. So I go to choose the Geth to kill them. And Tali, this Quarian who's been with you since Met, uh, Mass Effect 1, like just so heartbroken, turns around and runs off the cliff. Damn. Killing yourself. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? Is that in Mass Effect 1 or 2? That's in 3. Oh, wow. It's like a final choice. You've been with her for like literally 100 hours if you played through the whole game. Because you can't save everyone, you try and do the right choice and your, your crewmate just kills herself. And I was like, oh my god. I'm like, thank god I have another save because this is fucking, this is sad. Damn. Because she's the last of her people, right? Is that why? Exactly. Okay. She's the, No, she's not the last of her people, but like, it's her and the Geth, and she, she's, she's guilt-stricken, if I remember, and she fully tosses herself off the ledge. Yeah. Savage. Yeah. And I'm sure we're missing a bunch. I'm sure we're missing a bunch of... I'm, I'm, I feel confident, honorable mention. I'm sure I haven't played them fully or dabbled with them, but I'm pretty sure... The Final Fantasy franchise has littered... Final Fantasy X, Probably. the one with Titus and Blitzball. Um, you play through that whole game, and I think it's like you're looking for your father, and then you find out that your father is the bad guy, or he's dead, and then you've been spent all this time with your whole crew, and... It's weird, I don't know how to explain it, but they're all there and they're like, we did it! And Titus is like, yeah. And then he like disappears and walks into the, the water and like fades away like a ghost. And you're like, was he a ghost? Damn, was no. he ever there? Is he a figment of the imagination? What the fuck just happened? I'm crying, I'm not crying, you're crying. I need to know, I need answers. Oh, don't worry, Final Fantasy X too. Because we realized we made a really fucked up ending there. But you're right, it ends with him walking away into the ocean and not even getting to chill with his boys after a mission complete. I feel like, again, I've never played them, but I know Final Fantasy has touched a lot of gamers, and I'm sure it's littered with tons of scenes that have a lot of emotion. So that, that deserves an honorable mention. Yeah, definitely. Um, and even I know for a fact Final Fantasy X has a, an emotional ending like that. Um, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch. Please, guys, tweet at me, at Prince Atari, and tweet at me, at Harley Place. Let us know what we missed, if there's anything we've missed here, any of these games, or what made you sad. I'm sure some of you guys played Pokemon, which I didn't really get into, and that episode where Ash dies. I don't know if it's a game or a cartoon, but I saw a clip of it. I was like, damn, he dies at one point. You ever see that? No. And Pikachu's holding him like, Pikachu. Yeah. And like, Ash is like, eh. 
and like Pikachu's like crying. Wow. Yeah, Pokemon I saw that. Park. Yeah, I never really got into Pokemon. I was uh, at that age. I was getting my dick sucked when Pokemon was popping off. It's hype. Hell yeah, man. It was you. Shit. No, I'm kidding. All right, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot for listening to this episode of Mirror. Thanks for coming in. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, brother. Peace, dudes. <laughs>